0: Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policingmatters. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Uh, Jim, the 2016 election will surely be remembered as the most um, unexpected um, outcomes uh, being, you know, Donald Trump winning the White House. Um, You know, for years and years and years, historians will be talking strictly about that. Um, But there was another game changing um, set of ballots uh, decisions. Um, in nine particular states, and that was marijuana legalization. Mm-hmm. Um, three states passed, um, it was California, Massachusetts, and Nevada, uh, recreational use of marijuana. Um, they joined 25 existing states, including the District of Columbia, uh, which already had you know laws on the books allowing for either medicinal or recreational use of pot. Um, the, the question becomes, was 2016 the tipping point? Was this because, you know, as as people often say, as goes California, so goes the nation. California has set the precedent on so many things like, you know, stricter environmental laws and um, uh, allowing gay marriage and so many of these things that have really washed across the country in so many ways. Um, With California approving going from medical to recreational. Um, marijuana use is, mm-hmm. is that, you know, California is 13 or so percent of the entire country. Um, it's, that's a big number. And so I, I, I do wonder, I look at this and go, Whoa, was 2016, not just the year of Brexit, the Chicago Cubs and Donald Trump, <laughs> um, but also legal weed. You know, I've been writing for years under the title
1: slouching toward legalized marijuana. <laughs> well, I think, I think the marijuana issue is really only the tip of the iceberg And temper that with the fact that federally, marijuana is illegal. It is still a Schedule I drug. And maybe because of that, there haven't been extensive studies to determine the detrimental effects of chronic use of marijuana. And so maybe for some who occasionally uh, partook in medicinal or even recreational on a limited basis, now the tops off the car and we're driving down the freeway mm-hmm. and all systems are go. Woo-hoo! Right. So I think in, in California, for instance, we've had, you know, for over a decade, the medicinal marijuana, the compassionate use uh, act that said people who need it as a medicine can use it. I'm, I'm good with that. I believe our, our harm reduction policies um, in California We've really got to take a look at what we're doing here. Maybe we're just a big Petri dish waiting for something to happen. And if nothing happens, then we're all good. But if we're creating an environment that says, um, you know, with no consequence, there's no deterrent, are we setting ourselves up for a big fall in California? Um the mitigation of the effects of marijuana is only one aspect the reduction through a proposition in california a year ago uh, prop 47 uh, reduced all personal Mm -hmm. possession of drugs across the board from felonies to misdemeanors and there's there are several several problems with that and i think uh, most uh, experienced law officers will tell you that uh, a felony charge of even possession for personal use is still a good hammer if it's a felony to use uh, in plea bargains or to get the individual into a, a drug rehab program. To a treatment, yeah, right. So why why not um, keep that on the books as 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 a leverage that way? Okay, but now they're not. So uh, they're misdemeanors, and and I think there was a false narrative out there that. Um, you know, proponents of legalized drugs were were saying repeatedly that there were large percentages of our prison population there because of drugs,
0: which is just wrong. It's incorrect. It's factually incorrect. Um, you know, one of the things I want to think about. You know, now that the entire Pacific coast of the United States, from Alaska all the way down to the Mexican border, um, is has legalized marijuana use. Um, I, I really do think that. And then you start plugging in all of the other twenty five all mm-hmm. across the country. Country and Mm -hmm. it's Massachusetts and all these other places. Um, I think it was again Nevada even uh, approved uh, this year. Um, We have to, I think, look to Colorado. Colorado for me because they didn't just pass a law; they amended their constitution, Mm -hmm. a far more difficult thing to to reverse. If California in five years says, "Oh, holy blank." We got a problem on our hands. We can they can then rewrite a new law or amend the law. Amending the Colorado Constitution is a really big deal, um, and doing it twice in the span of five or six years is probably very very difficult to do. Um, but you look at Colorado and the experience that they had. You know they've got um, the truancy rates are up. Um, you know traffic collisions are up. There's a whole host of things that have happened in Colorado mm-hmm. that. Um, Yeah, not the end of the world. It's not the sky is falling. It's not like society is crumbling in Colorado. But, you know, there are different problems that are happening there. For example, the tourism trade. You know, people are actually... Driving to Colorado from all points elsewhere, doing their shopping, they go for a week of vacation, they can pick up whatever it is, I think it's an ounce or so at a time, they hit six or seven or eight stores in one day, you know, they get to half a pound, they go to, out the next day, they leave after a week with, a, you know, seven pounds a pot, and that becomes illegal drug sales elsewhere.
1: Right. You know. Yeah, no, it's big business, for all the money, it's big business. Um, again, I don't, I don't know where we're going to end up with this. I, I think, um, uh, you had a lot of counties, um, trying to head this thing off at the past by, by instituting their own, uh, codes and ordinances to, to control it. But I think still without the federal oversight, we're still, um, you know, working this thing out 50 different ways.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in the past seven and a half, seven plus years, um, under the, Obama administration to the federal government has been largely hands off. They have really not done a ton of proactive we 're going to try and crack down on this, yeah, that may change after january twentieth i don 't know that it will um, you know Donald Trump, for most of his adult life, was voting Democrat right, you know right, he just right. he became in finger quotes a Republican very recently,
1: yeah, but even under Obama, I think in the last few years we 've seen actions against uh, Oakland, for example, that's true. when Oakland, I mean, thumbed its nose at the federal government, uh, creating this Oaksterdam university, um, as a sort of pun and nod towards Amsterdam, yeah. uh, talking about the, uh, the growth, the, uh, hydroponics and resale and, and all these other things that, um, caused the federal government to step in with U.S. Marshals, seize records, money, growing um, equipment and the product itself. And uh, I don't think anybody got their money back. I don't think anybody got their their product back. So I think now you have a different administration and we're going to see a different Department of Justice. We're going to see a new attorney general. We're going to probably see a new head of the DEA. the FBI, you know, he's on a 10-year term, but that, that can be changed as well. So we'll see. We'll see what the federal government direction says. Yeah,
0: I think that the Oakster Dam example is more of an exception than the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a dramatic exception, for sure, sure. sure. without question. One other question. Um, do, do you think that with legalized weed being an option available to recreational users of, you know, Alcohol, tobacco, um, and this. Now you've got this next thing on the menu: marijuana. Yeah, right. Um, that's legal to use. You go to a party, and it's no big deal. Sure. Um, do you think that that will have an increased? Def- will it increase drug use of of currently illegal drugs, heroin, cocaine, etc., or will it decrease the use of illegal drugs? Do you? Do you I, I what's think, your crystal ball I think, say?
1: I think my crystal ball says it's inevitable that the the corners will start creeping in. Right. We've seen students will t- will tell me, well, you know, it really works well in Amsterdam. And it doesn't. <laughs> if you look if you look over the last uh, decade of marijuana, uh, legal marijuana in Amsterdam, you'll see all the associated problems you'll see. Uh, gang intrusion, the introduction of other uh, narcotics, robberies, uh, prostitution. Uh, you know, I'm not chicken little. I'm not saying the sky will fall, but by people's natures, um, there's there's an element that wants more, right? They won't be settled. They won't. They won't be satisfied with having even the. You know, they had the medicinal marijuana and you went to whatever provider who would write you Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe, who would say, and I don't think it was, it can be accurately described as a prescription, but wrote you a note. A recommendation. Saying, yeah, Yeah. you know, they have headaches, they can't sleep, their diet's poor, whatever. Give them the marijuana. Uh, So people who really wanted it could find their way around it. Now, all bets are off. Uh, For me, my biggest concerns are... Um, who do we say can't use it? And at what point THC, the active ingredient, uh, sticks around a lot longer than the effects, the ill effects of alcohol. And I, I don't know that people really realize that. And so what professions do you say can't smoke it within 72 hours of their work? Airline pilots, yeah, childcare providers, train operators, school bus drivers, Uh, brain surgeons uh, you name it Um, there's a lot of people out there that I don't want uh, having an effect on my life uh, within seventy two hours of smoke in a bowl,
0: yeah airline pilots have a phrase it 's called eight hours bottle to throttle and it's that's an actual thing um, and as you'd said, THC sticks around a lot longer and particularly with regard to these um, edible products, which mm-hmm. are significantly stronger than you know even twenty years ago where you just had a leaf plant um, that was that had a certain potency of THC now you 've got this highly condensed version of THC put into gummy bears. And you have, whatever, a gummy bear or two, and you're suddenly like, ah, this isn't doing anything. You have two more, and then you're high for three days. Yeah. And, you know, and potentially psychotically high because you right. haven't slept and right, all right. kinds of other crazy stuff that that, that can happen to you. Um, the other question that kind of comes to mind is, what happens to the dope dealers? Do they suddenly go to college and find another career? No. They're going to find another drug to sell. You know, so the, my, my, my question to you was almost... Um, Probative in that I wanted to get to the fact that um, I believe that the drug dealers who are selling dope and now kind of, quote, going out of business, they're not going to really go out of business. They're going to have a different line of business and they're going to start pushing more heroin. They're going to start pushing more coke and other stuff that they can get their hands on um, that is still black market you know, because the black market's lucrative, it's profitable. Right. And, you know, once you've taken the profit out of the marijuana trade and you've given it to, you know, the, 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 the dispensary people and all of that, unless the dope dealers decide they're going to incorporate and start opening dispensaries, mm-hmm. which I just don't see happening. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it, it, from my experience in dealing with dispensaries in the districts that I worked in, um, the neighbors always felt the immediate impact of. People showing up to buy uh, marijuana, the increase in uh, graffiti and blight, garbage, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, you know, people sitting out in cars playing their stereos loud while they're either buying or using. Um, those complaints were always uh, within that um, ripple effect from the pebble of the dispensary.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a fascinating social experiment we're all about to experience here. Almost, um, I mean, obviously in California and, and Nevada and Massachusetts, um, we're gonna be brand new to the whole recreational thing. And um, you know, as I've written and said repeatedly over time, we shall soon see what we shall see. Uh, the future is yet to be told.